this guy couldn't have screwed up their account more if he tried. I mean, he was he was not even putting parent and child ASINs together. Variations were each their own listing. It was a logistical nightmare. And I told him, let us show you what we could do. Let us do work for free for you for a month. And then you'll decide if you want to work for us. And my... Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. If you're looking for cash flow or you're looking for another revenue stream, and what I suggest is you have a staff member who shows some interest in this, uh, taking on this project, and you look at it as a project and you measure their cost versus what your gain is, um, then I have a group for you. I have a really strong group for you, and it's Gay Lisby and Gary Ray's uh, million-dollar arbitrage lists. And what's cool about this list is, uh, well, there's multiple lists. There's limited number of people on the lists, um, and I'm on one of them. And what you get is you get these daily lists, Monday through Friday, and they just have all these different things um, that you can buy. Now, you might go try to buy it, and they might be sold out. However, you were trying to buy the blue one. And wait, there's a pink one next to it. Why? And then you start down that rabbit hole. And these lists are phenomenal. They're consistent. They've been out there for a couple of years. And what I like is the people that have joined through my link, and again, I get paid for this, so I don't want to hide that, um, they stayed with them. And that's very cool to me because that means something. That means they got value. And so I've got a 14-day free trial. The only way you're going to get this offer is if you go through my link. So it's a 14-day free trial, and you're going to get either Gay or you're going to get Gary who's going to onboard you. That's a big deal because they can find out maybe how to tailor a little bit towards you. Um, and again, I, I suggest if you have somebody else um, that you can have handle this for you, that's how you're going to grow your business. Um, they bring in inventory for you. They follow the procedures. You got good receipts. They're all receipts that should stand up. And, and so, again, consider joining. You're going to get a 14-day free trial. So if it doesn't work, pull out. I get it. Sometimes this doesn't work. You try, thought you had a process. You thought you had the right person. You give them the opportunity, and they fall short. It happens. But this is a great opportunity to try it, especially if you got a spouse or a significant other that wants to help in the business but doesn't have a lot of time. This might be a perfect opportunity. Again, a 14-day free trial. So here's how you get there. You can come through my link, and when you come to this episode, you'll be a link there. But you go to amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum, the word momentum, hyphen arbitrage. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff to spell. But it's momentum hyphen arbitrage. And you're going to get that link. It's going to click through. And they'll know it came through us. And they're going to give you that 14-day free trial plus the onboarding. And have a discussion with Gay or Gary and talk about where you are in your business, where you're going in your business. And let's see if they can help you. And again, 14-day free trial, try it. And if it doesn't work out, you move on. But get that team member producing revenue. Everybody, we're in the revenue business. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 388, Sam Cohen. You know, I was thinking about why well, I'm the one who approached Sam to come on because he has this conference coming up and it's an East Coast conference and it costs us 199 bucks. Yes, I'm leading with this and you save $50 if you use this code solstice um, off of his website, amazonconsultingexperts.com. And the only reason I pitch it is because it's East Coast and it's very inexpensive. He puts a top shelf show on, um, definitely suggest you go down the night before, get a hotel. It's very inexpensive on the Jersey Shore. And uh, enjoy yourself because the night before there's there's cocktail parties or whatever that you can go to, some meetups, and you're going to meet people. 
that's the whole key. And this is drivable for me. That's why I enjoy it. And for 199 bucks, it's a heck of a deal. Um, I am speaking there, but I'm not getting uh, any money for, for, you know, pitching his stuff. This is a chance. If you want to meet people, you don't have to fly to Vegas or go to Orlando. This is a great opportunity if you're up in this this uh, part of the world to go to this conference. And there's a lot of speakers, but more importantly, you know, yes, I'll be a f- terrific on stage. Not. The deal is you're going to get to meet a whole bunch of other like-minded sellers. That's the key, right? And so I just think it, it's a great uh, event um, that they put on, and they put on a really nice event. It's really well done in a really nice place. This new place is supposed to be even nicer, so I'm pretty excited about that. So it's June 30th, 2019. So that's the Pitch Fest. I do allow them to pitch it because, again, where can you meet two or 300 other sellers for 199 bucks? And matter of fact, you could save 50 bucks by using the code. Let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest. Uh, repeat from a couple times, and the reason I have him back is because the dude knows what he's talking about, and he's got a breadth of experience from running his own business, but then hundreds of clients that he's had over the years. Sam Cohen, welcome back, Sam. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Well, Pleasure I appreciate you back. having. I appreciate you coming on because I know you're busy. We were doing in the pre-call. We were both like checking off our list of the 20 projects we're working on today. Literally today, right? Yeah. Yep. Not enough hours in the day. Not enough hours. Um, I mean, remember, I'm part-time. I'm spending a lot of my time with my grandkids this week, and it really affects my life. And, and I, I couldn't get in till late. I have to cut out early. Um, but as I said to my son, we were chatting earlier, I said, this is the beauty of what we do, is the freedom to decide when your kids need you or your grandkids need you that you can do that. That's your experience too, Correct. Absolutely. My kids were just off for about 12 days for spring break for, you know, Easter Passover. And I took them to New York City. We took them to the car show, took them to American Girl. You know, everything we wanted to do, we were able to do. And I was able to catch up on work by coming to work early this morning at at five in the morning, you know, because I don't have my kids in the morning. So it's very easy to catch up on work. And I get more work done between 5 a.m. and 9 a.m. than I do from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Because there's no interruptions. Right, and there's fires. All you're doing is running around putting out fires, right? Yeah, you you tend to be reactive rather than proactive. And, uh, yeah, it's it's an ongoing challenge. I've studied time management for years. I've studied energy management, which is just as important as time management. And I do my best work in the mornings. So it's pretty cool. Me too. And, you know, it's funny. My son is working with us. And so he does all our video and photography and and listings and all that stuff. For today, we were doing an FBA shipment for a client. And what's he is a nighttimer. So he wants to sleep in, right? I mean, he's 22, I guess. He graduates college this week. I'm very proud of him. Um, Oh, that's awesome. My daughter, too. Oh, She's wow. 22. We're getting old. May 15th is her graduation, Monmouth University. Oh, wow. Congrats. I mean, it's, a, it's yeah, awesome. And then, it's... and then she's getting married in September. Oh, so Jesus. That's fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, you got the double, the double win. <laughs> but you know what? Isn't it so cool? You know, and, and like I said to him this morning, though, I said the beauty is this flexibility. And for him to stay late at night or work nights or whatever, or sometimes he'll leave because we do a lot of video editing or photo editing. He'll leave and right. go to a coffee place and hang out. That's the lifestyle he wants. 
Yeah. I don't care the work as long as the work gets done. I don't. I don't. As I tell him all the time, I don't want to be a boss anymore. I was a boss for too many years. I don't want right. to be a boss. The work management you got to self manage, and teaching, teaching that that's the life skill that I don't. I know I wasn't taught uh, until grad school. How about you? Yeah, uh, I went to you know some of the top schools, and they don't really teach you what's going to happen after school. They kind of teach you how to live in a box and how to get a job and how to, you know, do a 401k and, and work for 40, 50 years. And then, you know, when you're 65 or 75, hopefully you'll have enough money to retire. And at that point, your life is pretty much, uh, you know, your health starts going and you can't you don't really have the energy to travel or whatever, you know, you want to do. So I always go back to the Peter Thiel quote. He says, if you have a five-year plan, ask yourself, why can't you do it in six months, <laughs> you know? And I'm, I'm all about the vision boards and imagining my ideal lifestyle and documenting and journaling. And, you know, like I, I just decided I want to go back to living on the ocean. And, I, and within a month, I made it happen, you know, where I'm going to be living on the ocean starting on – Wednesday, May 1st. So I'm super psyched about that. Well, it brings up a point. Let me ask you something, because you just talked about all the methods of planning, tracking, and that kind of thing. Does that really work for you? Oh, yeah. That's that's the, the foundation of my life is visualization. And, you know, I try to learn from the smartest people in the world when it comes to business, like Warren Buffett. He spends most of his day reading and thinking or Bill Gates, and then when you do when you do those things for the majority of the day, when it comes time to make decisions, you have all this stuff that you've acquired knowledge in your head, and then the decisions become easy because you've done all that preliminary research. I actually, real quick on time management, I actually document every hour I spend in a week, 168 hours, how I spend it. And then I review it the following week and I say, okay, what can I delegate? What can I outsource? What can I automate? What can I eliminate? You know, a lot of people are busy being busy and they're not being productive. That's so a lot of it. I made me get that again because that was a lot of Nate's. I like that. So automate, <laughs> eliminate. Uh, so delegate, delegate, o- automate, uh, outsource, eliminate. And then there's, you know, software processing, logistics, infrastructure, technology, standard operating procedures. These are all the things that have allowed me to scale my business and and really focus on, you know, my consulting business, which I enjoy a lot more than selling stuff on Amazon these days uh, because I'm impacting people and I'm changing lives. And, you know, it's really uh, been my focus for four years now the consulting business and I've been doing Amazon for eight years. So four Um, years, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when it was just a, uh, a crazy idea I had to start with a hundred sellers and you know, I, you know, everybody told me I was crazy and, uh, I stuck with it. And, uh, now we're working with some of the biggest companies in the world, working with fortune 500 companies working with a ton of people in the fashion industry, footwear industry, 
as their Amazon, you know, strategic business partner. Um, yeah, so we've kind of moved away from the teaching people how to do retail and online arbitrage. We're focusing now more on brand management, brand image, brand integrity, uh, protecting prices, you know, making sure that all your products are represented on Amazon, not just your top sellers, um, you know, full product lines, controlling the price, controlling the inventory, controlling the brand image. Um, and we're getting calls from manufacturers, you know, that, that, that do uh, nine figures a year. We're getting calls from retailers that are doing eight figures a year. And everybody sees the writing on the wall. You know, they're getting either canceled orders from retailers or retailers going out of business or reduce orders from retailers or the retailers are not uh, credit worthy at this point. So the entire world is shifting, including, at, you know, on Amazon. And we really feel that third party selling on Amazon is going to be uh, the bulk of Amazon's business going forward. You and I have spoken about this in the past. And for years, Amazon was saying, you know, third-party sellers sell about 40% of the products on Amazon. And for years, I was saying, no way, it's much higher, it's much higher, it's much higher. And it took them a few years to actually say it was over 50%. And that was the tipping point. Um, you know, third-party sellers are closer to 60% of all sales on Amazon. And we did a study, there's about... 500 million products in Amazon's catalog and Amazon first party only sells about 15 million products. So that just gives you an idea of the So what's that as a percentage? What did you say 15 out of 500? 15 million out of 500 million. Now obviously the 500 million is, is a fluid number. Uh, a lot of it is private That's label. 3%. A lot of it is, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. So we've actually run software where we can figure out what are the items that are in the top 1% of a category that Amazon doesn't sell. And we base our wholesale relationships on that, you know, model. So yeah. it's funny. I tell this story. I've told the story a couple of times. Um, when you and I went to a shoe event and we just happened to run into each other, I think we both knew yes. we were going to be there. It was in New York. And I remember you going and you knew uh, you were like, I don't know anything about this. This was like probably four years ago. And you were like, I really don't know exactly. much about this. I don't know any of the sellers. And yet you walked in and half the people knew you because <laughs> retailers are retailers and sellers are sellers. Um, but the other thing that struck me is how many of those shoe come? I forget. There were hundreds. I mean, this was. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is this is F F F A A N Y. Yeah. If anybody's looking for a trade show to go to F F A N Y. Fan, I forget what it stands for. Something that fan, I don't fancy fashion. Fashion or fan, Footwear Association of New York. Oh, there you go. That's what it stands for. <laughs> and there's there are a couple of them, and they're in different hotels and really interesting. You go up to suites, and there's shoe companies, and they got shoes everywhere. Yet it's a, a suite with you know bedrooms and stuff like that, and you could buy there. But I remember going there, and I remember the number of accounts. Now this was four years ago, so I'm sure it's different. But how many of them weren't selling on Amazon? They were just an enormous amount. They were only selling in boutiques, and and you know some of these shoes were unbelievably stunning and expensive. Those brands, they have no clue what it takes to sell online, right? Because they they like you said right. they were selling to retailers, and the retailer buckets are getting smaller and smaller. And 
you brought up a point that I didn't think about. A whole bunch of them are not credit worthy. There was always terms, you know, let's face it, that's how right. Kmart lived or Boscos, that's how they live. They get credit right. terms, they sell hopefully enough before the bill is due, then they pay the bill right. and then they make a profit, right? Right. There are a lot of companies that are still in business, but that nobody will give them those terms. So they're not buying, correct? Right. Correct. And so how do how does the average seller, Steve, right, part-time seller, Steve, how do I start working on those relationships? Is that where Ace has moved to, where you're training somebody like me how to negotiate, how to work with the brand, or are you just training the brand, or are you doing both? So we're actually doing both. Uh, we're working with a lot of private label sellers. We're working with a lot of brand manufacturers, a lot of inventors, a lot of people who have patents on products, a lot of people who you know, want to do CBD oil or they want to do, you know, something that they saw, you know, like they were on Shark Tank and now they want to do Amazon, things like that <clears throat> keep coming our way. Uh, and we're also presenting to the brands, you know, we have one big fashion brand that we just landed and the CEO of the company reached out to me on LinkedIn and I fell in love with LinkedIn after this. Um, and they had they, they were selling to Amazon through Vendor Central, and they were getting destroyed. Amazon was tanking prices and changing things, and you know ordering stuff and then deleting. So it was it was just a logistical nightmare. And so they went ahead and they tried to do Seller Central, and they hired a guy who claims he used to work for Amazon as a consultant. And anybody who's ever worked in Seller Central knows that there's certain ways to do things to be profitable. And this guy couldn't have screwed up their account more if he tried. I mean, he was he was not even putting parent and child ASINs together. Variations were each their own listing. It was a logistical nightmare. And I told him, let us show you what we could do. Let us do work for free for you for a month. And then you'll decide if you want to work for us. And my staff went crazy. They're like, what are you doing? We can't work for free. I said, this account has the ability to open up every single door in the fashion industry for us if we do right by them. And we did work for free for them for a month. Probably cost us a few thousand dollars. But we just signed the account. We're getting 10% of their gross sales. And they just emailed us a list of like $2 million worth of old inventory that they have. And when I say old, it could be six months ago in the fashion business. And they want to sell it through Amazon. So now we have an opportunity to make you know 10% of $2 million worth of inventory. Um, and those are the kind of things we're focusing on. It, what what is their option outside of that? So that's the stuff that ends up at like a TJ Maxx or <laughs> TJ Maxx uh, Ollie's. Well, this is a higher end brand. Okay, you probably know the brand that's called Badgley Mishka. Okay. Um. So they'll they won't be in TJ Maxx or Marshalls, but they'll be in Nordstrom Rack, okay. Saks or Fifth. And do they take um, more than ten percent? I assume. They. Yeah, they discount heavily to those guys. I so, mean, uh, you know. So, yeah, so that's a double-edged sword. So uh, I think this is a big point for people to understand. What you're saying is they would have to discount it a lot for Nordstrom to even take it. So they're taking a big hit on the chin, and then Nordstrom still is going to take a percentage of that, correct? 
Absolutely. And the beauty of Amazon is you're selling to people all over the world. You're not just selling to people in New York and Los Angeles or Milan, where they're very fashion forward. You know, there's plenty of people in, in middle America or in New Jersey or Pennsylvania or wherever you are that will buy a nice dress, even if it's from last season. You know, they have a fall season and a spring season, but there's plenty of people that will buy an $800 dress for $400, uh, you know, because it's last season. They don't care. It still looks good. It's still, you know what I'm saying? It's still fashionable. It's just not the latest style or design. So there's a lot of opportunity for end-of-life goods, discontinued goods. Um, you know, even with the shoe companies, we buy discontinued models from, let's say, Crocs. And they do phenomenal on Amazon. You know, and, and to Crocs, they don't have a lot of value uh, because the retailers don't want them. So there's another opportunity. We got a list of 200,000 pairs of Crocs and they were willing to sell them to us for $8 a piece. <laughs> and the retail on them was like 30 bucks. Now, we didn't take all of it because it would have been, you know, $1.6 million. But some of our clients bought, we bought. And I was talking to uh, Mike Vedovich, one of my clients. And I said, how'd you do with those crops? He said, well, I sold over 50% of them in the first month. And I had a, over 100% ROI. <laughs> so... So he's ahead of the game. So he's sitting ahead yeah, of the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, how, I mean... You know, I, think, yeah. I was thinking about this, too. I remember that same shoe show we were talking about. I remember the Chukka Boots. Do you remember the guy who was down to $6 delivered from L.A.? He oh, was, yeah. Yeah, it was... And I don't remember the brand. It was an obscure brand. That's why we none, neither one of us bought right. it, because it was obscure. But right. those opportunities... You know, where could you buy a, a shoe delivered to your warehouse for $6? And these are, you know, probably $80, $90 shoes back when they sold. Absolutely. And these are the ones Absolutely. that didn't sell. So to be fair, these didn't sell, right? Whatever they pulled up right. from retail. A lot of them were case packs he said never opened. So that was a, a whole port. Um, right. But in today's day and age, how hard is it to put that chuck-a-boot up on Amazon and get it found? Because I think that's one of the things that... It's easy to buy stuff, to, and I, this is my experience. I have a warehouse full of that stuff. So do you. you at least you used to. Maybe you clean oh, it yeah. up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, it's the truth, though. I mean, I, I, I bought things because they were cheap, naively sometimes, thinking, oh, I could just put that up. Because back then, everything sold on Amazon. Right. Well, now, as you mentioned, there's 999,000 you know, <laughs> other products that they have to fish through to get to my pair of chuckle boots. So – how do you deal with that, you know, or let me make sure I'm correct. And I say this is the price so good you could afford to do the PPC. Is that the smart move there? Is that the, the thing? Yeah. So basically what, what you're doing when you're at our level or our client's level is you're managing large data. You're looking at metrics just like Amazon does. It doesn't really matter what you're selling. We actually reverse engineer where we have a, proprietary software where we we can see what the bid prices are on the top keywords before we buy a product so we know if we're going to be able to be competitive get on the first page before we even make or buy a product so to give you an example if you're buying a six dollar boot that you can sell for eighty dollars you know we're going to take unbelievable pictures and you know we use uh andy's service a lot um 
image, magic image. Uh, I forgot what it's called. Um, and, you know, we optimize the heck out of the listing. And then we run PPC campaigns, both automatic and manual. And we also do targeting of our competitor ASINs, which, you know, gives us a lot of sales. And there's enough room in there, you know, to, to drive traffic. One of my clients, he makes shoes in China that look like, you know, Converse uh, All-Stars. And he crushes it on Amazon because he, he knows how to, you know, advertise and market. And, you know, he's doing Facebook ads now. Uh, to his Amazon listings, and it's really, you know, if you can market on Amazon and off Amazon, you, you know, you have a grand slam there with with the uh, private label. It is, you know, and it's sitting here thinking about this, right, because I want to make sure that people are listening are getting value. Is that where a lot of the advice goes? Is that is that where people should be putting their time? Because most people know how to source or know how to buy, know how to do the math to say, yeah, it's fifty dollars and I can buy it for, you know, even the old third, 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 Chris Green's third, third, third math, right? So, right. Assuming that 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 all that piece is already learned, or there's enough people teaching that, is this where the education has to occur now? Is managing, uh, managing that marketing? I mean, it's 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 like you know, the whole complete business at that point, kind of. Does that make yeah, sense? So when it, yeah, when it comes to brand ownership or even private label, there's typically three components. There's product research, which I would argue is the most important part, you know, doing your due diligence, seeing what the competition's like, seeing what the estimated sales velocity is like. Um, either way, since we last spoke, we've developed a contact at Amazon that gives us actual Amazon data. So we're not guessing uh, with the jungle scouts or the viral launches or the, you know, tactical arbitragers or the helium tens of the world. We're getting actual sales velocity data from Amazon. And that's one of our strongest advantages. You know, we can give them a list of ASINs and they can tell us, you know, what the keywords are, how well they perform, how many they sell, how many get returned. You know, obviously, we could export the reviews and see what's going on there. That data is so valuable, I would easily pay six figures a year for it because it, it gives you a blueprint of what to do. Then you have to source the product, obviously, you know, China, India, wherever you're going to make the products. And then the third part is branding, sales, and marketing. And that's really, you know, where we uh, do our best work because we have an inner circle program where we charge anywhere from 25 to 120,000 a year to manage people's Amazon accounts. And with that comes along an entire brand awareness campaign on all the different social media platforms on Google, you know, SEO and Google AdWords and Facebook ads and, you know, Pinterest and Instagram and, you know, even YouTube on some of our accounts. And it really elevates the brand. We build them a Shopify website that integrates with Amazon FBA. Um, if anybody's looking to build a, a standalone website, uh, Shopify plays very nicely with Amazon FBA. So you can pretty much have orders, make sales on your Shopify site. And there's a plugin where you can have Amazon FBA fulfill those orders for you. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool.
Yeah, and and <coughs> it's not as complicated as it was in the old days, right? I mean, it and, and like you're saying, it's automated. So brands get the value of utilizing Amazon's, especially now, as we all know, that coming up is one-day delivery, which is crazy, crazy, right? Yes. I mean, just think about that. Well, um, Prime Now is insane. I don't know if you've ever gotten Prime Now. I think we were in Vegas. I think we were in Vegas, and we needed water for a party. And Andy (laughs) ordered water because he's like, "I'm not carrying it up, uh, you know, or I'm not carrying it from the street." And so he ordered Prime Now, and they brought us cases of water. I mean, within like an hour. He's stronger than the rest of us, that's for sure. Yeah, it's crazy though. (laughs) Yeah, so I did see it at that point. That was the only time I've seen it. I was in a meeting in Manhattan, and they ran out of batteries for a digital camera. Uh, during the meeting, and they did it on Prime Now, and before the meeting ended, they had a fresh set of batteries. So it was pretty cool. What you know, that, that's what brings up an interesting point, because I think a whole bunch of people listening, even though we're all sellers, are saying, "I haven't seen that, or I haven't utilized it," because we're all probably too cheap. But realistically, <laughs> for that group in in that business meeting, how? Like mind blowing is that? I mean, does that become a topic of conversation then? Because oh, everybody's insanity. sitting there saying, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, it's insanity. I mean, the world is changing at warp speed. I mean, if you look at the things that Uber is doing with Uber Eats and DoorDash and Grubhub and all these different platforms, and then you see a guy like Elon Musk who says, "Oh yeah, by next year we're going to have a million autonomous robo taxis." on the road and to me they don't have to share the money with an uber driver so it's going to be substantially cheaper and you know i looked into buying the uh lyft and uber ipo and i said i'd have to be crazy to do it because autonomous vehicles are 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 the you know the present and the future you know so you Uber is losing $3 billion or whatever they're losing. And a big part of it is because they have to pay the drivers so much. Right. You know? And so the world is evolving. You know, I love the autonomous car because I think about where literally I get off. Out of <laughs> How many times do you go to an airport? First off, I was just, what airport was that just in the last couple of weeks ago? Atlanta, right? Atlanta. They make you walk yeah. 70 miles to get to the Uber pickup. I think Uber that's pickup. the biggest airport in the world. Right, and, but mistaken. you still have to walk 70 miles to get to the Uber pickup place, right? <laughs> but here's the deal. So imagine that that car is dropping Sam off, and it knows that right. I'm right there getting ready to be picked up, and it literally drops him off. It pulls three feet forward and goes to me doesn't interfere with traffic because wow. it's just in and out because they're communicating right. with each other, each car. Um, right. My, my other Uber story is a good one. For Friday, we're, we're in Philadelphia. My son graduates from college. I think I mentioned that. And so yeah. we're going, and it's a whole family, and, you know, I'm going to have a, an adult beverage, and I will never drink and drive, not even one. Right. right? So same, uh, same. the plan was I said to my wife, I said, hey, you're going to drive. She goes, I'm not driving in that city at night. No way. Right. So <laughs> it's like I could just order an Uber XL because there's a big group. Right. And it, it just shows up. I mean, and it's just like how life-changing is that? Where we don't have to worry about parking, we don't have to worry about, uh, you know, um, uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank on them taking your parking your car for you, you know, that whole thing. Valet. Valet. Yeah. I don't have to worry about any <laughs> of those things. And it's a bigger group, and all I have to do is order a larger car. They've made it so right. convenient. It's That's... equivalent to when we were kids, and our biggest dream was to rent a limousine for the night. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was it. Yeah, everything was taken care of. You can go from bar to bar. You can go to, you know, parties. You can pull up in style. I took an Uber XL 
down to uh, Atlantic City Airport. I had my four kids and my two grandkids and maybe about 100 pieces of luggage. <laughs> um, you know, we took an Uber XL and it was it was worth every penny. It was like 160 bucks or whatever. And we had so much stuff, it wouldn't even fit in my Escalade. So we had to get like one of those sprinter vans. And we had the best trip of our lives. We went down to the Fountain Blue and, you know, we had a bad experience with an Airbnb. But other than that. But you didn't have the responsibility, right? I mean, you were able to then give your attention. Gary Vee used to say this. Tell me if this is true, because then I want to bring it back to Amazon. Sure. He used to say that that like Uber doesn't sell travel, they sell time because, you know, the car shows up when you need it to, it hand, it gets you where you're supposed to be at the best time that it can. It allows you to do all these other things. Is that still, is that your perception too? Oh, absolutely. I have a brother-in-law, uh, I won't mention any names, but he has the uh, license for Duracell for cell phone accessories. And he entered into an agreement with Duracell to license their name to make cell phone accessories in China. And he got it into every big box retailer in the world. He did over $100 million in sales in one year. And this guy hasn't driven a car in 15 years because he's too busy focusing on work. And he might run someone over or he might. It's not the best use of his time to be driving a car. And it's pretty amazing. Quick story. Uh, Procter & Gamble sold Duracell to Berkshire Hathaway. And Berkshire Hathaway tried to get out of the uh, licensing agreement. And he actually just sued Berkshire Hathaway and won the lawsuit uh, because they were trying to restrict how many SKUs he could make and what colors he could make. <coughs> and that wasn't part of the agreement. So here's a guy, he actually sued Berkshire Hathaway and won uh, the right to continue to produce products under the Duracell name, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Now, let's uh, apply this logic to Amazon. So tell me what Amazon and their one-day delivery, I mean, everybody's going to be like, duh, Steve, of course, it's the same thing. But that competitive advantage, and no, but now I guess Walmart has done a, a decent job of competing at the way that they can compete. They've got lockers now at our Walmart. I don't know how yours are, but they have these little gates now you can't get in without, and they're watching everybody, and they'll bring it to your car. We have a friend who gets their groceries from Walmart, and she said, because yep. she's got a bunch of kids, and she said it's the best thing in the world. She actually knows the people by name. They bring it out to her car. She said it's the best thing in the world. Now, obviously, Amazon can't do that unless it's a Whole Foods scenario today, but so, what do you think you they buy? That, yeah. Go ahead. So the, the funny thing about Amazon is... You know, Jeff Bezos is, is playing a different game than everyone else. Elon Musk is playing a different game than everyone else. What Jeff Bezos does is he says people are always going to want things faster. People are always going to want things cheaper. And people are always going to want a bigger selection, right? Those are universal, whether it's retail or e-tail or whatever you want to call commerce these days. So he's doubling down on his strength which is the two-day delivery, which, as we all know, you know, Amazon collects maybe $10 billion a year in prime membership fees, and they still lose money on, on postage, um, but it's part of their, you know, one of their pillars of success. So he's spending $800 million 
to switch from two day to one day because he's doubling down on what he's great at. And once you put that kind of pressure, Walmart already said that they're going to have one day delivery without the prime membership fee. So it's just, it's just advancing business and it's, it's each guy is one upping each other. And for the last eight years, I've always been asked the same question. Who's the biggest threat to Amazon? And people were saying Rakuten and eBay and Newegg and, you know, Alibaba. I said the, the only one company that compete with Amazon is Walmart because they're so advanced with their logistics and their distribution network. And they have 5,000 stores. And I think the stat is, you know, uh, 90% of the U.S. lives within 10 miles of a Walmart or something crazy like that. And they're really the only ones that can compete with Amazon, but they still have a ton of catching up to do. I know I bought stuff on Walmart.com, totally different experience than buying on Amazon.com. I bought stuff on eBay.com, totally different experience than buying on Amazon. Amazon customers are not price-centric. They're more focused on convenience, saving time, knowing if there's a problem the, the, you know, the marketplace has their back. It's kind of like if you walk into Nordstrom or Macy's and you buy a suit, you're not getting the best price, but you know, if there's a problem, you can return it, you know, it's quality, you know, it's been curated and that's kind of what Amazon has become. You know, like I know uh, the women in my life, they shop on Amazon 24 seven. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And they've never once bought anything on eBay.com or they, they've never once bought anything, you know, on Walmart.com because they, they don't have that trust factor. Hmm. Um, so it's pretty it's pretty cool what Amazon has built. And, and Amazon's a mature company now. They've been around for, you know, 21, 22 years, uh, whatever, whatever the number is. Um, and so they have a tremendous head start on Walmart and anyone else. Uh, the best thing Walmart did was they brought in a new CEO, Doug McMillan, who I had a chance to meet at a conference. Pretty smart guy. Um, they they bought out um, Jet.com for $3.3 billion because they wanted access to Mark Lore. He was the CEO of Jet, who used to work for Amazon. So it's kind of like a cat and mouse game. They also bought out smaller companies like Bonobos and Moose Jaw and some other brands in the 75 to $150 million range just to add to their uh, repertoire, you know? And and they're really, Walmart's going after Amazon's customers and Amazon's going after Walmart's customers. So it's pretty fascinating to watch. Well, uh, let, let's apply this to a small seller then. So, I mean, does that mean that all the small sellers need to, you know, pick up their marbles and go home? I mean, is that what you're saying? Because, you know, third-party sales are gone, right? Or actually, you didn't say that. I'm putting words in no, You no. said third-party third selling is going to take off. It's going to be the number one ever. place. Yeah, you said yeah. that. I mean, to be fair, I didn't mean it that way. But basically that it's brand management now because, like you said, you're not really teaching anymore how to do retail ARB and online ARB. And the value of learning that is you learn all the, the interest. And, and as complicated as it is now you really learn how to do all that stuff, all that basic background stuff. So what is a third-party seller to do? I mean, what is, you know, you're going to have a conference soon. What are we talking about? 
So the main focuses of ACE right now are establishing wholesale relationships, establishing wholesale accounts, figuring out how to add value, uh, either getting an exclusive to sell on Amazon or actually managing the account for the manufacturer. Um, we're also working with retailers who need to transition manufacturers. Who need, everyone knows they need to be in the Amazon game. They just don't know how. Okay. So 99% of the people are better off setting up as a third-party seller with FBA than they are selling directly to Amazon. Right. You know, we had, we had a scenario with uh, a Fortune 500 company that owns five-hour energy. And they used to sell directly to Amazon. And guess what? Amazon tanked the price in order to get market share. Surprise, surprise. And they didn't care because they were doing volume until they got a phone call from their biggest retailer, which is 7-Eleven. And they said, hey, what's going on here? Amazon's selling it cheaper than we're buying at wholesale. You know? And 7-Eleven is the biggest retailer in the world. So you don't want to piss them off. Hmm. So they shut off Vendor Central. Then they tried to do Seller Central. They tried to do it on their own, and they had no clue what they were doing. They were they were using the same UPC for one pack as a 144-pack. Things were getting shipped incorrectly. It was a nightmare. They didn't know how to do multi-packs. They didn't know how to do flavor variations. They didn't know how to do anything. And they were calling me for about two years, and I was helping them for free. Every time they called I would help them to the best of my ability on that phone call. And after about two years, they finally said, you know what? You've helped us more than anyone we've ever paid. So you're our guy and we're going forward with you. And we want you to manage our Amazon account. And, you know, A to Z, soup to nuts. And they're paying us like 10 grand a month to manage their Amazon account. And they're doing about 2 million a month in sales right now on Amazon. So that's that's pretty incredible. So then is the small seller, I mean, how do you, you know, again, I want to bring this down to scale for yeah. people who listen to my Sorry. show because we're not, no, no, I get it. I get the perspective. That's a breadth where you could get to, but it starts, it started with one small account, Sam, right? I mean, let's, let's be fair. You didn't start at this place. You know, nobody sees the million, you know, right. steps that were right and wrong, right? I'm sure lots of them were wrong. And so let's bring it back to some a, a third-party seller who's probably doing RA and OA and working on wholesale, might have had an account or two, but are, are sharing the buy box with 20 other people and their prices up and down and same nonsense that we've all gone through. How does that first account start for somebody who's listening, who's saying, hmm, I love the sound of that. I'd love to have the five-hour energy deal. But again, you got to start somewhere. So let's let's make it attainable for somebody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so when I started my business, I was selling DVDs out of a one-bedroom apartment. You know the story. Yeah, episode and 50. Go back and listen to episode 50. Blow your mind. <laughs> True story. Basically, what happened was I couldn't buy stuff fast enough. I mean, I was buying stuff for $1 or $2 and selling it for 10 or $20. And, you know, that was when DVDs were in their heyday. Obviously, we saw the writing on the wall with streaming and Vudu and Hulu and Netflix and Prime and all the other uh, streaming services. 
And so we pivoted to fashion and footwear um, after a chance meeting I had with someone uh, in the children's apparel business. And, you know, we were trying to get him to sell to us. And he goes, well, I sell to Amazon and I sell to guys who sell on Amazon. I don't really need you. And I was like, listen, we're going to do 10 million this year on Amazon. You know, you should probably work with us. And he said, my son does 10 million a year just in shoes, just on Amazon. And I went, whoa. And this guy was not <laughs> humbled. I to exaggerate. So you were humbled very quickly. Yeah, I was like, uh, okay. sorry. You know, came off like a big shot, ended up with my tail between my legs. Hmm. So, but I, but I took that information. I came back to the office. I went out to Zappos website. I did shop by brand. I threw every single brand into a spreadsheet. I curated every, uh, I had my VAs do it after I realized how long it was going to take. And I curated every website for every shoe brand I could find. And if you ask 99.9% of the people, how many brands of shoes can you name? I would venture to say that 99.9% can name less than 20. Mm -hmm. We found out there's over a thousand shoe brands that have cult followings, that have people that will only buy those shoes for whatever reason, whether it be running shoes or whether it be, uh, you know, shoes for old people or shoes for people with flat feet or shoes for kids or Crocs or whatever. And we really dove in and we went and we opened a retail store um, and we opened wholesale accounts with as many companies as we could. I took a team of six people to Magic, which is the trade show in Vegas for fashion and footwear. Obviously, we went to the Fanny show in New York, and we had mapped out a plan of which brands we wanted to pursue. We had done tons and tons of preliminary research on Amazon to see which brands were well-represented, which brands were not represented, which brands were being sold by Amazon, which brands had uh, you know bulk of their SKUs, in an acceptable sales rank range. Uh, and then we did something even cooler. We used um, uh, some exporting tools. I, I forgot if it was Tactical Arbitrage or Storefront Stalker. And we exported entire shoe lines from Amazon. So if you typed in Nike, you would export every Nike on Amazon and you would compare the selling price to the MSRP. And you would know if that's a heavily discounted brand or if it was something that sold at or close to list price. And those obviously moved up to the uh, you know, top of the list, to the priority, because they were selling at full price, whether there was a minimum advertised price that you had to adhere to or there just wasn't that many sellers or it was just, you know. We found a brand, I think you know it, called Hoka, H-O-K-A. Oh, yeah. Love those shoes. Uh, Monica Busby turned me on to those, and those shoes sell like crazy for full price. You know, so you didn't even have to discount and be competitive with other sellers. And it was just a, it was just a numbers game. It was just a metrics game. Getting back to the small seller, what but, I Yeah, because did, let, let's do this, because I, I don't want to lose it. I didn't want to interrupt you because somebody accused me of interrupting somebody, and I'm like, all right, I'm sorry. But because no, I think good. you gave a ton of great advice, the things that I heard 
and I want you to break yeah. it down a little bit more. The thing that I heard was you kind of put a line in the sand saying, okay, this is the category. This is where I'm going to start. I like shoes or I want to start with shoes. So you did, that's where you put in the time and the energy. And you talked about it earlier saying that this is really where the work is, is that research, right? So a small seller, how far down should they niche to become the expert? Because that's what it sounded like you became as an expert. So it, it's funny because I've said two things often. You know, one one is when people ask me, what do you sell on Amazon? My typical answer is anything we can make money on, right? Mm -hmm. So we've sold everything from horse grooming kits to X-rated stuff to children's stuff to, you know, pet home, baby, DVDs, toys, you name it. We've sold it on Amazon. Sold a racing bike. Um, crazy stuff. The, the flip side to that is if you get involved in a specific niche, whether it be shoes or any other category, and you really do a deep dive analysis of what the sales ranks mean, what the sales velocity is, what the popular colors are, what the popular sizes are, what the popular brands are, then when you go sourcing, whether it be retail, online, arbitrage, wholesale, or even private label for that matter, um, you will have an instinctive knowledge of how that item is going to perform because you're so immersed in that category or that subcategory, and you're going to be able to know intuitively how the item is going to perform based on all the data that you have. So it does make sense to go deep into a particular category. I would caution, you know, going into just one specific category because on Amazon, things could change on a dime. And we always tell people to buy wide before you buy deep. And we tell people, you know, never allocate more than 5% of your sourcing budget to any one ASIN or SKU because the price could drop, the demand could slow down, Amazon come on the listing, a big seller could buy a thousand pieces and just burn the price. So there's, there's so many moving parts and so many variables and so many dynamics at play that you have to do an asset allocation, um, you know, similar to what they do on Wall Street. You know, you don't want to be overexposed in any one security or any one SKU in this example. And just getting back to for the smaller seller, the, the, the most important thing I did, and my clients will laugh at me to this day. Uh, I have a client, David Cohn, who I've said it to him so many times, and he repeats it back to me, and he says he hears my voice saying it to him. And just to give you an example, if you go and buy a toy for $5 and you sell it for $15, and Amazon takes a $5 fee and you made $5, that's great. But is that the best use of your time? Meaning if you could buy a shoe for $50 and sell it for 150 and Amazon takes 30 and you made 70 on a $50 investment, you're making over 100%. It's a lot less labor intensive on the sourcing side and the prepping, packing, and shipping side. It's a lot less inventory management. And we brought our average selling price, which I didn't realize how valuable that was. It, that's the one thing I would change if I had to start over is focus on my average selling price because we were selling toys and DVDs and our average selling price was $15 and maybe it would make three to seven dollars on a sale but you had to make thousands of sales to really make some serious money 
And so when we switched the business model to fashion and footwear, our average selling price went up to $60. So that's four times um, you know, the average selling price that we had, which means it's a lot less sourcing. It's a lot less prepping, packing, shipping. It's a lot less inventory management. It's a lot less price management. And it became a much smoother, more enjoyable business uh, because there was a whole lot less that had to go right for us to be successful. So the most important thing I could tell a small seller is make sure whatever you're doing is the best use of your time. There's something called opportunity cost. And if you're doing something that's making you a little bit of money, but it's precluding you from making a lot of money, you're actually losing money. So I go back to the example of prepping and packing and shipping boxes. I was obsessed about shipping everything perfectly into Amazon. And for for the first couple of years, I was the only one that was allowed to create FBA shipments because we were selling DVDs. And let's say it was a Harry Potter DVD. Well, there were seven different movies. There was widescreen. There was full screen. There was Blu-ray. There was collector's edition. There was limited edition. And then there were some Canadian goods mixed in there. So I had to make sure that the right UPC went to the right ASIN. Otherwise, we'd have a, uh, a big mess on our hands when people bought them on Amazon and got the wrong one. So I literally had DVDs piled up to the ceiling in my office, on my desk, and my entire staff was waiting for me to create FBA shipments. And then I realized I'm the bottleneck in my own business. And so I trained Ike, who you know well, uh, on how to you know, do things very carefully, very methodically, and not screw up. And 95%, you know, if he got it 95% right, his 95% was better than my 100% because we couldn't scale if I was doing all the work. So time management and energy management are the two most important things. Uh, again, I document every – if you do this for a week, you'll be successful. Take uh, out you, a journal. You'll be disappointed on how much time you waste, right, when you, when you put yeah. it in writing like that. It's like there's my diet. 168 hours. Yeah, exactly. So there's people who are on diets who, who take pictures of everything they eat and they send it to their nutritionist. Those people are far more successful in losing weight than the people that eat ice cream in, in the middle of the night, you know, without anyone seeing. Yeah. So, um, so there's 168 hours in a week. I document how long I sleep, how long I exercise, how long I spend with my kids, my grandkids how long I work, how long I'm on Facebook. God knows that's my biggest challenge. Um, and, you know, I say, what can I automate? What can I outsource? What can I delegate? What can I eliminate? What piece of software can I pay 50 bucks a month for that'll save me hours and hours of, of, of manual labor? So you take a software like Inventory Lab or you take a software like Tactical Arbitrage or any software that we use as Amazon sellers, if that 50 or 100 or 150 bucks or App Eagle, if that saves you six hours or 10 hours a month, it more than pays for itself. Yeah, because if you want to earn, you know, $300,000 a year in profit, your time has to be worth $1,000 a day, which means your time has to be worth $100 an hour if you're working 10 hours. So if you're doing $10 an hour work, like prepping and packing and shipping, you're not actually saving $10 an hour. You're losing $90 an hour. 
And I try to tell people this, and thankfully most of my clients get it, but some of them can be a little stubborn until they realize that it's right. But they say, why would I pay someone $10 when I could do it myself for free? And I'm like, you're not doing it free because you're costing yourself you know, time to be sourcing. We all have a finite amount of time. We all have a finite amount of energy. And we all have a finite amount of money. So by working smarter and not harder, and I hate that business cliche, but it's true, um, you allow yourself to grow and scale. And, you know, so I have 10 things that I write down for all my clients. Delegate, outsource, automate, eliminate. Then you go to software, processing, logistics, infrastructure, technology, and standard operating procedures. If you could nail those 10 things down, you could 5X your business in a year. And we've done it. You know people that we've done it with. You know, we had a guy uh, that we know and love, Agus Perwanto. He came to me. He's like, boss, I plateaued. He didn't use the word plateaued. He's like, I, I hit the wall. I'm only I'm stuck at 20 or 30 grand a month, and I can't figure out how to get any higher. I said, listen, you know me. You like me. You trust me. Stick with me for a year. Do exactly what I say, and I promise you, you'll, you'll change your business. And at the end of the year, he was doing two to 300,000 a month. So he 10x his business. And anything I told him, and, and not to say that, that I'm great, but he listened to everything I told him. And if I told him to do something, he would get back to me 12 hours later. He's like, you know that checklist that you gave me yesterday? Yeah, it's all done. What, what do I have to do next? Hmm. You know, and he just took massive action. And I have a lot of people that came to me through Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson, and they're the same way. I'm like, okay, here's a new seller to-do list. Set up an LLC, open up an Amazon account, make sure it's a professional account, you know, enable sponsored ads, enable FBA, do this, do this, do this, get yourself approved, categories, brands, this, that. These people do it within one day, you know? So the and learning like, curve in what you're describing is gone, right? Because you basically, you're jump-starting them. And that's, well, let's do this because I'm gonna run out of time. I wanna make sure we get to this. You have a conference coming up, and uh, it is uh, the Solstice Conference, and it's in. Yes. Uh, so let's get the dates right because if somebody's connecting with this, if this they want to learn more about this, I assume is it going to be a pitch fest at your conference? <laughs> They're going to you're going to no, pitch nobody, them to death on this stuff. Sell, nobody sells from the stage. Okay. You've spoken in there the last three years. Uh, we don't pitch I don't stuff sell from anything. the stage. I don't sell anything. Right. I just sell my. I don't either. My wit, we, we my charm. We do get new right, clients after they see the the family and the community that we built and cultivated. And I got news for you. At this point, it's not about our success as sellers. It's about our clients' success. You know, we're we're in the legacy stage. We're not in the making money stage. We're trying to impact as many people as possible. And we've see, we've literally changed not only people's businesses but people's lives. I mean, we have clients that were realtors in New York City. They moved down to Boca Raton, Florida because they I wanted know to. I know him. I love that guy. You know, Paul. I, I love and that Paul, guy. Paul's referred 50 people to me. I could hang out with that dude every day. All right, so let's oh, just this. Great. I don't want to miss this because uh, okay. I hope he's going to be there because I, I love that guy. June yeah, he 30th. Yeah, speaking. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> June 30th, 2019. It's a Sunday. I think this is the only East Coast conference. I mean, I was thinking about that because lots of them are in West Coast or in, in Vegas, it seems to be, or even Orlando, right? Because that's a big place to go. But what I like about it, I could drive there, um, although I'm flying in this <laughs> one. It's June 30th, 2019. It's in Freehold, New Jersey. 
Um, and it's, it's called the Southgate Manor. Southgate Manor, but it's only 199 yeah. bucks. That's the thing right? that I think people got to realize is that you know, I mean, you know, and and I get it. Having been involved in some of these conferences, there's enormous costs. Like James Thompson tells me, he's like Steve. I have to spend, uh, what was it, like a salad is $60 in Vegas or some crazy number he was telling me. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, he's like, that's the unfortunate thing. What's nice yeah, about where you're doing this, I mean, it's over $100 it's, a head. Yeah. It's so, food. Well, this is know? very nice for 199 bucks, and you give him a $50 coupon, which I'm going to give you guys. Um, and Steve doesn't get paid for this, so, so I don't think I benefit. Um but I am yeah. up speaking, so uh, and I have a pretty good topic I'm talking about this year with bookkeeping and, and accounting and stuff. And so, so just uh, so you know, the night before June 29th, right? We usually have a a, a meetup. Uh, I'll make the announcement of where that is as soon as we secure the location. But just to run through what the day looks like on Sunday, real quick: mm-hmm. uh, breakfast and registrations at 8 a.m. I speak at 9 a.m. Steve speaks sometime uh, shortly thereafter. And we're going to have Andy Slammons, Leron Hirschcorn, Jeff Cohen, Stephen Peterson, uh, possibly John Lawson, um, Arya Scheinmine speaking. Uh, we're going to have Kathy Terrell, who's an eBay expert, speaking. We're going to have representatives there from Amazon, eBay, Walmart, Jet. Um, we're going to have people there that are software developers. We're going to have people there that are logistics experts. Um, we had a sponsor last year, First Choice Shipping, who, if anyone wants to do international, they have a direct pipeline into setting everything up without all the aggravation of selling internationally. Um, we have a girl, Rachel Michaelov, who I've sent hundreds of clients to, and she actually knows how to do accounting for Amazon sellers. Uh, you know, so it's pretty amazing, you know, make sure you set up as an LLC, make sure you set up as an S-Corp. I know, Steve, you have a background in accounting. She does bookkeeping, payroll, taxes, uh, you know, any legal notices from the IRS. I do and she only charges like a, a few hundred bucks a month. It's like having a virtual CFO. Um, and she's saved people tens of thousands of dollars in taxes. Um, so... You know, we have different uh, companies coming to sponsor. We have different uh, viewpoints coming to speak. And it's really going to be more about all about e-commerce and the future of business rather than just Amazon. We're going to have a Shopify expert there. And it's really going to be we, we consolidate everything into one day because I know no, ma- no matter how much I love going to conferences, whether it's Tony Robbins or Russell Brunson, it's very hard for me to leave my family and my businesses for three, four, five days and spend thousands of dollars on flights and hotels and this and that. So we consolidate everything into one day. And we've had a lot of uh, you know military people as clients. And they say the fact that you can fit that many speakers in a one-day period is a godsend because— oh, I think so. I think it, it, it helps, Sam, because I can learn. I can give— X amount of energy, and I don't mind taking it on the chin for one day, but when it gets dragged into two and three, that's when I start to lose interest. I sleep in, then I miss the first bunch, or I never, and so you're not paying attention, and you know, the night before, so I'm with you on it. I think it's, again, it's nice and easy. We actually have uh, Tony Robbins' right-hand man is coming to speak again this year. Uh, He was there last year. He travels the world promoting Tony Robbins, uh, and he's, he's a brilliant guy himself. Uh, and sadly, we lost my friend DJ this year. Yeah. 
yeah, uh, to stage four pancreatic cancer, but we're going to do a tribute to him. Awesome. And hopefully his wife and three daughters will be there uh, to celebrate his life. And, uh, you know, we're probably going to bring in a charity or two just to, you know, get things going. Last year we had Operation Underground Railroad, which rescues children uh, out of sex trafficking and, you know, human trafficking. And uh, we raised a lot of money for that. And it's just it's just a phenomenal experience. It's not all business. A lot of it is mindset. A lot of it is gratitude. A lot of it is charity. A lot of it is paying it forward. You know, that's what I believe. But it's relationships, uh, you know too. The other thing is relationships. The people that you're going to meet yeah. there, you know, I mean, again, that's why I like going to conferences because I get to meet people. I love to talk, and I love to talk with people, period. Yep. And so for me, it's a value. All right, so how does somebody find out more information? So, uh, again, I mean, I'm just going to put this out there. It's June 30th. It's in New Jersey. It's in Freehold, New Jersey. It's 199 bucks, and he's giving you a $50 off coupon if you use the code, code SOLSTICE, S-O-L-S-T-I-C-E, S-O-L-S-T-I-C-E, save the 50 bucks. That's awesome. Uh, so you can buy me a, not a beer. I don't drink beer anymore, but you can buy me a drink. Um, I'll <laughs> oh, drink by water. the way, yes. there's going to be three gourmet meals. This is like a wedding hall that we're doing. In. Three oh, unbelievable gourmet I'm meals. married again. There's going to be an open bar oh, for God. a couple of hours after all the speakers. And there's going to be a live rock band. Well, can I drink? Beer and it's an indoor-outdoor space. So if anyone drinks scotch or smokes cigars, we usually do that at the end of the day. It's pretty. It's a pretty fun day. All right. It's just so, hanging out with a bunch of like-minded people. How do we know? find out more information? Tell me the secret website. Uh, You're still not you giving it to me. Go to our website, AmazonConsultingExperts.com. It's on the homepage. Uh, just put in that code Solstice for fifty dollars off. Um, awesome. we have an amazing group of speakers and sponsors and we have an amazing group of clients and potential clients coming. And, you know, we've had people travel from as far away as Australia for this. We've sold out three years in a row and it's still an intimate setting. We limit it to, you know, two, 300 people. So it's not overwhelming like those giant shows in Vegas that have 50,000 people. Um, so, and this is the other thing to think about. This is a three-hour drive for me from Pennsylvania. So, you know, it's with, what is it, it, where you're located is pretty much like me. It's within one day's drive of 80% of the U.S. population. So, you know, think about, you know, you don't you can drive. I mean, that's what I like about it. So, oh, yeah, right, we've had people come down from Canada. Well, uh, Jacob Topping, he drove oh, yeah. down last year with his whole family. Right, they made it a Pretty trip. Pretty cool. And, I, and yeah. I think, you know, you're by the Jersey Shore. It's definitely something to see. You're not far from New York City, so it's really worthwhile. You can make it a longer trip. All right, so I'm yep. going to end. Normally I ask a question, but I, I think you said it two times or three times, and it's going to stick with me because I can see it's the title already. Automate, eliminate, delegate, and outsource. Automate, eliminate, delegate, and outsource. Every time you touch something, I call it a touch point, see if you could reduce it by automating it, eliminating it, delegating it, or outsourcing it. It is phenomenal advice. Uh, Sam, if somebody has a follow-up question, is the best way to get you on, on Amazon Consulting Experts? Yeah, you just go on the website. You can schedule a free consultation with free. me. Uh, yeah, right. we help and people I, for you know, free that, all I've day sent long. a bunch of people your way, and I, I will close with this because I know I'm a little long. But I, I will close with this. I've sent a bunch of people who, you know, they're stuck, and I 
you know, they needed more than what I could offer them because I'm limited in my right. knowledge and experience. And I've sent people to you and they gotten free advice from you and you've never, I don't know that you've ever charged them. They never came back to me and said, Sam charged me or he wanted a bunch of money from me. Every single yeah. one of them I've heard from has said thank you and uh, appreciate it. We don't, so. we don't do a hard sell. Well, I appreciate you know, that. I mean that. If you want to work with us, great. If Again, not, no big deal. I like, uh, yeah. I like uh, the honest part and I like people, you know, hey, you, you're not everybody's cup of tea. Your business style is not everybody's cup of tea. Okay. It's not? Yeah. Well, guess what? Wait, that's, that's the way the world works. Me. Yeah, I don't want to break your, I don't want to blow your mind, but no, that's okay. That's what Listen, makes different. I'm a little people, bit brash. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I ain't changing who I am. So. Good for you. All right. Well, love thank it you so much. Uh, I can't wait to see you again. It is June 29th, June 29th, June 30th, 30th, Sunday in Freehold, New Jersey. Go to AmazonConsultingExperts.com. Save the 50 bucks. Use the code Solstice. And again, I I do not benefit in any way. $199. Just so you know, there's a list of airports and hotels. All that stuff. Where to stay. And there's discounts on the hotels. And it's all good. All right. Well, man, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I wish you nothing. No, but thank success. you for having me. And if anyone needs any help, feel free to give me a call. Fascinating to see the changes going on in his business and the way he described it. You know, it used to be, like you said, they teach everybody RA and online ARP. Now it's how do you get that wholesale relationship and how do you add value to that brand? It's stuff we've been talking about. You listen to all the outliers that I've had on my show. This absolutely uh, one of the hardest things to do. But when you do it and you do it, I mean, like really do it, you're going to have a customer for life because you're going to give them, you're taking away their hassle factor, I like to call it. And so if you do a good job, so how do you learn that? You got to put in the time. So again, conference for 199, 149 bucks, take the 50 bucks off and you get to meet other people that are going to help you move forward in your business. That's what you go to these conferences for. Not to listen to guys like me, go and meet other people who are going to help you move your business forward. Come and hang out with me. I'd love to love to talk with you. I'd love to help you in any way I can. But really, go meet the other 299 people um, because they have the same challenges, the same issues. And again, I think uh, Sam and his team do a great job for that price. Amazing. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.